Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. For the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, and the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to uh, send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to see the broadcast schedule that we have for all our programming, 24-7-365, just go to www.xzbn.net. Before we get to my uh, first guest tonight, I'd like to um, read a bit of a tribute to you, Exxon Nation, a good friend of mine, Chuck Harder, who was one of the talk radio pioneers and his uh, legendary host of his program for the people passed away at the age of 74. Uh, Chuck Harder had an illustrious radio broadcast career that spanned decades. Chuck had uh, been a prominent radio DJ, talk show host, creator, and founder of radio stations, talk radio networks, satellite systems, cable TV, and newspaper projects. He worked in New York City Tampa Radio and other markets, eventually leading to a nationally syndicated show. Chuck was on the forefront of broadcast evolution, forging the new paths that many of us have taken. He started at the Sun he started the Sun Radio Network and the For the People radio program and organization based in Tampa, Florida. Now following uh, a fallout with his new network business partners, he went on to form a new radio network. The People's Radio Network, relocating to the Telford Hotel in White Springs, Florida. Harder's uh, For the People radio show was heard on more than 300 radio stations and shortwave radio. Chuck was beloved by a large, loyal following, and his show was hugely popular and made a profound difference in their lives. Chuck Harder's program, with the exception of Rush Limbaugh show, was the most listened to syndicated radio show in prime daytime. Harder show and network supplied and sustained so many small market independently owned stations. Uh, Chuck was a hero to many. Chuck's show was also carried by some big time stations in major markets. He had a golden radio voice and was a complete natural on air broadcaster. If any talent and consummate broadcaster deserves a place in the Radio Hall of Fame in heaven, it is definitely the one and only Chuck Harder. I had the pleasure of working with Chuck on uh, the Talkstar Radio Network, and there were the times when Chuck actually took a day off that I sat in for the big boy. So Chuck, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are because you were one of the best radio critics we all knew and loved, we're going to miss you, pal. All right, that's Chuck Harder passed away at the age of 74. 
My guest this hour is Paul Eno, and Paul was one of the first paranormal investigators of the early 1970s, beginning, beginning while he was studying for the priesthood. His early mentors included pioneer Dr. Luis Ryan, Father John Nicola. Uh, he was the technical advisor explanation for the film The Exorcist. And uh, first-generation ghost hunters Ed and Lorraine Warren. Paul graduated from two seminaries, but was expelled from the graduate-level theology program at a third because of his paranormal work. With less than two years to go before ordination, uh, he ended up as a, an award-winning New England journalist and the author and co-author of 10 books on the paranormal and then two on history. His next book, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeist, Parasites, and Parallel Worlds, is coming from Schiffer Publishing in 2019. Paul has appeared on History, Discovery, and Travel Channels, and he and his son Ben have lectured all over America and Europe. The two host a weekly radio show, now in its 10th year on air, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, on WOON 1240 in the Boston, Worcester, Providence market. The show aired on the CBS in four U.S. cities from 2009 to 2013. His websites, www.behindtheparanormal.com and www.newenglandghost.com. And Paul Eno, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thank you very much. Uh, nice to be with you. Uh, so tell me, Paul, what's new in the world of the paranormal in your neck of the woods? Well, Rob, uh, we, you can call them flap areas. Okay? Flap That's, areas. I guess, our term. Uh, it, it goes back to the late 70s when I'd be investigating a quote-unquote haunted house. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, if you look outside the house, talk to the neighbors and stuff, you end up finding out that other houses have problems, other families. You end up uh, very often with UFOs, sometimes even cryptids, you know, Bigfoot yeah. and all this stuff. And uh, I began to wonder, obviously, there, there may be connections here. So that led to flap area research, really starting in 2005, and it was my uh, at the age of 13, my son, Ben, after long discussions with his mother, joined me. And our first case was the, uh, we call it the uh, uh, Litchfield Triangle in Connecticut. And we would run into people. And, and at this point, we've been investigating it since that time. So that's 13 years. And we've encountered, of course, UFOs, uh, people with having shadow people, so-called problems, uh, Bigfoot sightings. And this is within 100 miles of New York City. Uh, in all these flap areas, and we're investigating about six right now, as a matter of fact, we're off to Pennsylvania this next weekend for one we've been working on for two years, uh, we always end up uh, looking, um, running into the military or something that looks like the military, uh, complete with uh, armed troops, seemingly, and of course the ubiquitous black helicopters and things of this kind. So, th so that's the latest thing we've been working on, and it's, um, it can be interesting because it's of a uh, very broad scope. Mm -hmm. and can involve up to 220 square miles or more uh, in, in one particular case. So that's what we're doing lately. You know, uh, you were involved in the Bridgeport, Connecticut poltergeist haunting of 1974 with Ed Lorene uh, Warren uh, and a Catholic priest. What happened in that case that so radically changed your ideas about the paranormal? Well, it was my first knockdown, drag-out poltergeist case. I was a 21-year-old seminary student. And I'd been, uh, I'd come, I was home for Thanksgiving vacation in the States here. Thanksgiving is in November, not October, as it is in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going down to have dinner with Ed and Lorraine, and Lorraine, tremendous cook. And uh, when I got down there, she came leaping out the door and uh, dragged me into this case, which I was rather glad that she did because it was certainly a life experience. Um, we were there for the better part of three days. This is November 24th, 25th, and 26th, 1974. Mm -hmm. uh, this is probably, uh, it's been called the most doc the best documented and best witness poltergeist case of the 20th century, if not of, in, in recorded history, supposedly, because there were all sorts of police officers and journalists and trained observers who saw things happen. Uh, I myself saw a number of things happen. I stood on uh, one side, I was with th three police officers, first responders, as we call them today, three police officers on one side of me, three firefighters on the other. And we watched the refrigerator pick itself up off the floor, float for a while and then put itself back down again. Uh, I remember one of the police officers uh, backed out of the house, backed mm -hmm. down the sidewalk, get into his cruiser, wouldn't come out. Uh, this is all public record. Uh, the police reports uh, are available, etc. I, I don't know if you could get them from the police department today, but they've been published in a number of books, including my own. 
And uh, what, but what really knocked me sideways, Rob, was on the Monday night of this case, the Warrens had left uh, to go to a TV show. I was in the house with uh, the family, which consisted of a middle-aged couple in their 40s, the young girl, Marcy, uh, 10 years old, who seemed to be the center of the phenomena, uh, a neighbor, and uh, uh, John Sopko, a reporter from the Bridgeport Post. And we, we had been under the assumption here that these were demons. Okay, you know, and if you know anything about the work of the Warrens, everything's demons, right? Yeah. And um, the, but I, I had the impression from the moment I walked in that they were four things, four beings, and they just didn't feel to me like, you know, the, the standard garden variety, traditional servants of Satan that, that you uh, would usually associate it with these things. Now, we were standing around waiting for the Bishop of Bridgeport to give Father Bill Charbonneau, the priest in the case, a permission to exorcise the house. That never came. But in the meantime, I mean, I'm 21 years old, but who's going to listen to me? So I just went along with it. But on this particular Monday evening, I was in the corner with a little girl. We were playing Monopoly. For some reason, the kid liked Monopoly. Four of these things came out of her bedroom, uh, which was down the hall off the kitchen. And when I say things, I mean, there was like this gauzy, cloudy substance that looked like it was forming in the kitchen. And you could almost see, these were very translucent, see the, these four structured beings come down the hallway. One of them came right in front of me, and I knew it was after the little girl. This, this is how I learned the hard way. You don't get annoyed, fearful, or angry in the face of these things because they will feed on it. Right. You know, they're not demons. They're energy parasites, uh, as, as you might call them. So this thing I, it stood right in front of me. I, I just instinctively pushed against it. It felt solid. This hmm. is supposed to be a spirit. Right? All right, Paul, stand by. You and I have to take a break. Uh, sure. Fascinating story. When we get back, we'll talk more about this D, these four demons, a little girl playing Monopoly, and our guest this hour, Paulino. Two websites, ExoNation, BehindTheParanormal.com and NewEnglandGhosts.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Paul and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. 
It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Paulino is my very special guest this hour, www.behindtheparanormal.com and www.newenglandghost.com. All right, so here you are in this house. There seems to be four entities that are, that are coming out of the little girl's bedroom in a, in a, a cloud that looked like gauze. You actually felt some, a mass. Please go on from here. Well, I felt not only mass, Rob, but was, there was a skeletal structure as if this was a physical body that you could barely see. Hmm. It felt, and I know I'm no anatomist or biologist, certainly, but I, I, it felt almost bird-like. So naturally, th- this just totally blew my, my uh, belief system right yeah. out of the water because, you know, this is not some kind of spirit. So I was so confused. The thing got around me and threw the little girl across the room. Uh, eventually I just, I just pulled the people out of the house because the energy was so strong. I was afraid things were going to start like flying around and exploding and all this business or whatever. But it was just, uh, it completely shattered my, my belief system. And, uh, I was so frightened by this that I never even told Ed Warren about, I told him what had happened. As a matter of fact, I had to go next door to get, because these are the days before cell phones. I had to use a neighbor's phone to call him. Uh, and it took him an, an hour to get 10 miles back into the city because of all the traffic created by all the hullabaloo of this thing. It was it was in the press all over the world and all this business. So they finally get in, and I told them what had happened except the part. Because I thought, am I, am I losing it? I mean, it's bad enough that I'm experiencing these things to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, how crazy is this? So in ensuing years, uh, I've begun to notice, you know, I began to notice the physicality of many of these phenomena. So, so that was really what happened in that house that uh, really knocked me for a loop. Why would the priests have to wait for permission from the bishop to do an exorcism on the house? Well, Roman Catholic uh, practice when it comes to exorcisms is very, very institutionalized. I'm not aware of any other group hmm. uh, that does it that way. I can understand the point, and especially uh, in uh, November of 74, Rob, we were coming off the year of the release of the Exorcist film, which had been released uh, in the previous December, I believe, in 73. And people literally said in the crowd that they expected Father Bill, as they call or, or me, to come flying out the window like the priest did in the movie. You know, fortunately, that didn't happen. But there was a lot of paranoia. And uh, I would, you know, I was, I was in hot water enough with my uh, seminary superiors. And I would say, why don't you just tell people this is what we believe. This is what we think it is. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, we, we've got this. And, you know, like they're going to listen to me. But uh, no, they just clammed up, which only made people more curious. So right. uh, that was the rule. The fact that you believe and many believe that entities feed off of the uh, of the emotions of those that are in an area where the energy can be, if you'll excuse the expression, sucked away. The fact that this case was uh, creating so much media blitz would this have played in the favor of the entities i think th- that's actually a very shrewd observation rob i think that's that's a big yes uh the recognition that these things uh get as part of the feeding process mm-hmm. seemingly and uh i think we're dealing with uh multiple worlds here and i started to get into this at the end of the 70s when i was just totally confused by the old ideas right and i think yes they they do definitely feed uh, feed on the uh, any emotions whatsoever that do come and um yeah i just think that's that's how it works so yes uh, any kind of recognition would also would also do that why was this young girl targeted by the entities well i'm not sure she was targeted as such uh, there are a number of, of kinds of these entities, okay. uh, I think, and uh, they all, uh, most of them, not all, tend to 
concentrate on one person at a time. I've yet to kind of figure out why. What was going on in this house, Rob, was that the, that the little girl was overprotected by her parents. She was adopted. Uh, she was of Native American. Matter of fact, she was from Ontario originally, from the uh, Iroquois, uh, one of the Iroquois reservations there. Okay. And and she was um, it was following up on the, the death of the natural son of this family. Uh, now everybody says, "Aha! It's got to be the ghost of this." I mean, I think that's baloney, mm-hmm. especially in this case. So I think that um, the overprotectiveness uh, was was a major factor here because of all sorts of pent up energy. She had been uh, bullied at school, as we would say today, and was being had been kept in the house for six weeks, not allowed to go outside. Uh, there was all sorts of pent up frustration in this family, and oddly enough, they had a very old time Roman Catholic spirituality, which, uh, as you and I both know, I'm sure was could be could be very negative. Yes. You know? And uh, there were many, many cases in which uh, these things occurred in supposedly devout Roman Catholic houses that had this negative uh, spirituality based on fear rather than love. And that was my observation. So I think it was a combination of, of uh, the little girl and uh, the these other factors. I don't think it was specifically because of her, but the ducks were lined up for something like this to occur. The dinner bell was ringing, so to speak. As a theology student, uh, you were in the seminary, yeah, when it comes to these demonic entities or believed or purported demonic entities, does the crucifix, does holy water really work or is it more for the, the victims of this haunting instead of the repellent of a spirit or a ghost or a, or a demon? Well, Rob, I once got rid of the worst poltergeist I ever dealt with, worse than Bridgeport one, by using a joke book. <laughs> You're okay. kidding. Uh, I, I see what you did there. Kidding. But um, what we actually, it, it depends on what the people believe. Ah. And uh, anybody with experience with this say, you know, we're not going to go into a Buddhist household or a Jewish household, you know, waving the cross and holy water around. Right. It depends what the people believe. What you're doing, in my opinion, is energizing the inner power of a person's mind and, 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 and the belief system, which is a very powerful thing. Sure. So I've seen uh, these things scatter at the mention of the goddess Isis. Uh, there was a, there was one case in which a little boy was using a teddy bear, and he really loved this teddy bear so much he was giving out positive energy because of it. Uh, off they went, and I think that it was it's it's a matter of repelling these things with positive energy rather than negative energy. My son Ben and I call it the Peter Pan theory, you know, think happy thoughts. Right. And, surprisingly enough that really does seem to work uh, i think it's far better far more effective to to uh bring people together uh, to say you know this is your family learn to, to, to rediscover your love for each other bring in the positive energy bring in laughter you know which is very you know not not don't laugh at each other but you know what i mean bring it in uh, in a positive mm-hmm. way and if uh, their faith and the, the holy water and this sort of stuff is is part of that then so much the better now that said I have to say that I have seen somehow holy water work in in a lot of cases where there wasn't necessarily a lot of religious belief. And I think the reason for that is because, um, particularly in the, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, people gather around at certain feasts of the year and they bless a whole big vat full of water. And, and I think it's because you've got all this positive energy uh, being concentrated in what is essentially the, 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 the primary building block of uh, the universe or even the multiverse is what hydrogen the physical basis of the physical um universe is essentially hydrogen and uh any cosmologist and astronomer will tell you how that works so i think that you may be having uh, other people's positive energy uh in this way affecting uh in a positive way the negative uh, entities that are that are persecuting these people whether the people are positive or not if you see what i'm getting at so uh, yeah it can it can work on its own the 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 typical haunting the typical I know you know there's no such thing as that but what I'm what I'm getting at is the typical haunting portrayed by the media portrayed by Hollywood how does this affect the work of an actual exorcism does this put extra pressure on the exorcist or the person who is who is helping this situation to alleviate the the presence of the spirit the ghost or the or the demon? Well, to put it mildly, it's a pain in the neck 
Rob, uh, a lot of these shows, whether it be a uh, negative mm-hmm. case or quote unquote demonic or not, right. any kind of paranormal affair, uh, legitimate or not, is affected by the the uh, the people who watch these things, and and they build a belief system around what is essentially entertainment, not science. You know, and uh, you have to cut through that. And what what really is annoying is going into a case, whether it be a negative one like this. And I haven't worked on exorcisms in years. I hope I never do again. Is there something that happened? But in any kind of case, negative or otherwise, uh, you have to cut through this stuff, and people will, uh, will, will all, will know what's going on. Aha! It's the guy who committed suicide in the garage out there. It's this, and, and it's nothing of the kind, in our opinion. And so you have to begin to to uh, re-educate people. And uh, you know, they could maybe they're right, maybe we're wrong. I don't think so. But we seem to have a lot of success with with a lot of the new ideas that, that we try and inculcate. But we have to cut through all that nonsense in order to do it, and it takes a lot of time, and it's uh, it's a lot of trouble. Based on your expertise and the research that you've done and the work that you've done with such people as Ed and Lorraine Warren, what is the percentage of actual ghost demonic cases that compared to that number that is reported? Okay, that's difficult because we have to define our terms. Okay. okay? Demonic in our, in in our sense is parasitical, doesn't necessarily, okay. but, but it is negative because people are 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 the the hot lunch mm-hmm. for these things, and these things will push buttons in order to get negative energy. I really can't put a better finger on it than that, and I think that there are not non-demonic quote unquote uh, ghost type events, but I don't think they're spirits of the dead. Um, first of all, our own laws of physics in our particular corner of the multiverse wouldn't permit. A being, you know, a human being to exist without a body, and our question has always been: Without your body, are you still you? I All don't right. think so. Okay, hold on. We've got to take another break here for the news at the bottom of the hour. Interesting conversation with our guest this hour, Exxon Nation, Paul Eno. Websites are behindtheparanormal.com and www.newenglandghost.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and offices in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can watch the Exxon channel on Simul TV, 724-365. It's our TV version. And the website there is simultv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Paulino's my guest, www.behindtheparanormal.com and www.newenglandghost.com. Paul, if the present laws of our universe don't allow for what people call ghosts, how does this affect all the ghost researchers and those who actually believe that what they're doing is chasing or investigating a case where a dead person has come back or never went across to the light, and this is the phenomenon that they call a ghost. Okay, well, I think the entire scenario and the assumptions we make mm-hmm. uh, are wrong, uh, and I think that what, what we're really dealing with here is something that really hit me right in the head in 1979 when I was involved in a case in Maine where a young girl who was a student at the University of Connecticut, about 120 miles away, was haunting a house, according to the people who lived there, in York, Maine. Okay, so here you have the, the what appears to be the ghost of a person who has not died. Yeah. How could that work? Okay, and I kept running into that kind of thing. And uh, conversely, I also ran into a, what were considered ghost cases, where the, where the ghosts, quote unquote, thought we were ghosts haunting them. And they were going about their daily life. So uh, here we have, I think, no choice but to look seriously at what's called the MWI or the Multiple Worlds Interpretation of Quantum Mechanics. Now, physicists will, you know, steam comes out of their ears when people like me who have uh, degrees in philosophy and academic background in theology will go after physics and say, but but in the trenches, this is the only explanation for what I've seen, you know, with my own eyes and heard in my own ears that, that is halfway logical or reasonable. And this scenario is that we live not in a universe, but in a multiverse. There are uh, perhaps every possible possibility does exist in concrete reality in one or another parallel worlds. Now, people often use the term other dimensions, but that's really not correct from the standpoint of physics. Within the parallel worlds are different dimensions and this sort of thing. But be that as it may... I think when when you're seeing the ghost of Uncle Chuck skipping down the road two weeks after his funeral, you may be (laughs) looking through a brain, B-R-A-N-E, or membrane, as physicists call it, into a parallel world where Uncle Chuck never died. Okay? Uh, Building upon that bizarre scenario is the idea that there are many versions of ourselves in these parallel realities, hence the, the possible explanation for the case in Maine where people were seeing uh, the young girl who had never died. Uh, She was later debriefed, after being debriefed by me, uh, I sent her for the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, don't ask me to spell it, uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, nearest place to her, which is a pre-diagnostic tool used by psychiatric professionals to see if you need any more treatment. Well, she didn't, and it was a little fluky like all of us, but nothing that needed any further treatment. So she wasn't a nut. Uh, the people in the house said they had seen her in transparent form uh, doing various tasks, moving down the stairs, looking out the front window, etc. The girl said she had had dreams of doing precisely that, uh, but not at the same time the people were seeing her do it. 
which I thought was strange. Uh, in her dreams, she was the mother of a family living in that house, and it was her house. Hence her statement as they saw the house for the first time, driving around the corner, stop the car, that's my house. And she was well known for her interest in the paranormal, and the rest of the people thought she'd lost it for sure. But And then there was a scene on the porch where the people were terrified. They, you know, Here's the girl haunting her house, standing in front of them on the hoof, and all this, etc. So, but I think the multiverse idea perhaps explains this. She really does, and I'm not going to say did, because in 1952, Einstein essentially proved that time is simultaneous. We only experience it past and future according to our, our consciousness, maybe our mass consciousness as a species, or even a biosphere. But I think that we're dealing with uh, a, a girl who did or does live in that house in some parallel reality where it really is her place. She really does have two children. And hence, uh, wondering why there weren't any toys in the yard when she first saw it. And the people are sharing the same space. And this is, um, some people will tell you, this is very good science, uh, bizarre as it may be. So I think we're dealing more with time and space than we are with death. As a matter of fact, the only thing in the multiverse that is not possible is death, if this is all correct. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always another version of yourself somewhere or somewhen. Uh, which perhaps approaches the, the answer to the problem, why did Mozart at the age of four uh, sit down and start comparing brilliant, uh, uh, composing brilliant piano and violin concerti? Because he, he was in touch, unconsciously or not, with where he is already a great composer. So let me ask, so you, this, let me ask you this, Paul. Does this also explain EVPs and uh, white noise communication? I think perhaps it does. Well, you yeah. and I both know that in radio, uh, there, there, if, if this was what it appeared to be, there would be a lot more uh, techs and producers who would pick up strange things yeah. off the air. And then some do, but I've never run into a lot who have. And I think this is exactly what, what's going on. I think that um, you're, you've got parallel worlds interacting, overwashing, as we say, overlapping at all times, which is why you get right back to our first topic flap areas right areas of of intersects and for example the, the mothman uh affair of the 1960s involved more than the creature the press called mothman it involved ufo sightings uh people uh feeling that they they had more psychic powers there, there were ghost sightings and shadow people of course the men in black thing uh other cryptids things of this kind all taking place within the confines of this uh roughly 150 mile square area of west virginia and ohio and we've been down there and talked with witnesses who are older now, of course. But when they were kids, they remembered things like red eyes looking through their windows, uh, the sound of footsteps, something landing on their roof and walking around, uh, their parents uh, knowing things they wouldn't ordinarily have known. And this is what you might see in, in an overlap area with a number of parallel worlds with different laws of physics interacting in the same place. Uh, Maybe even in that Bridgeport house, and we saw that refrigerator floated, possibly an overwash of a parallel world where the laws of physics were different and the bloody thing floated. So, I mean, these are all possibilities that, that we work with today in our flap area research. And I think it uh, goes, it goes a step beyond the 19th century seance room and the idea of spirits. So is, is there a connection then between the geomagnetic grids and these the, um, these points where the multiverses actually intersect with with this reality. Rob, I have to say your psychic powers are very high today because I was going to bring up the idea of the Bougier anomaly, the Bougier anomaly, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a little little known outside the, the, the realm of surveyors and the people who look for gas and oil deposits and things of this kind. Uh, what that is, you'd think that as you walk down, say, a hill in a river valley toward the center of the Earth, gravity would get slightly stronger. Right. Uh, in fact, when in areas where the Bougier anomaly takes place, uh, the gravity gets actually a little lighter as you walk down. It's not to the point where you notice it or you get on the scale, you know, you'd notice unless it was uh, very, very uh, sensitive. Uh, and, and this is interesting because what did Einstein say about gravity? It, it, it affects space and time. Uh, so it's possible that we, we don't really, we're, we're just beginning research on this, but it's possible that in areas uh, where you have flaps and things of this kind, you might find the Bougier anomaly. And so far, uh, it looks like 100% true. Uh, for example, the Rome trough, it's a geological uh, area that runs 
from essentially northeastern Pennsylvania uh, down through Kentucky, uh, including the Ohio Valley. Well, what do we find along that, that area where the Bougier anomaly is very prominent? Uh, we find our Pennsylvania case where I'm headed tomorrow. Uh, flap area where there, where, where I myself believe I saw Bigfoot totally unexpectedly on the night of September 16th, uh, 2016, and other witnesses uh, all over the place. We have neighborhood meetings, and, and 20, 20 or 30 people show up, and they've all seen Bigfoot and strange lights, things of this kind. Uh, Bougier anomaly, quite present. Uh, moving down from there, you get to the Ohio Valley, the Mothman thing. Yeah. Uh, down through uh, that area into Kentucky, uh, the Panther Rock flap area, which we, we've only just begun to work on there. Uh, and maybe it's a coincidence, but we think it's something worth researching. Uh, the triangle in Connecticut, the Litchfield Triangle I mentioned earlier, where is the strongest Bougier anomaly in Connecticut? Right smack, Litchfield, Goshen, Torrington, Connecticut, right in the heart of that triangle. Again, maybe a coincidence, but I think it's an interesting uh clue that we're, we're uh, running down at this point. But it also sounds like you can throw in some other locations around the planet, in, including the Bermuda Triangle, where there, oh, is, sure. where there has been a, a notable and, and recorded magnetic anomalies. There have been. As a yeah. matter of fact, uh, I've served in the U.S. Coast Guard for six years, and I was down, our ship was down in that area. And I remember standing on the bridge and uh, the huge, you know, uh, military-grade compass is on the bridge of the ship. And all of a sudden, it started to spin. And the quartermaster, who's the, the navigator, uh, yelled uh, to the officer of the deck, and the, the captain happened to come, uh, was on the bridge too. And he said, sir, look at this. He said, and they had experience in that area and said, don't worry about it. It'll stop in a minute or two. Because here's a U.S. warship with no navigation for a minute oh or two, gosh. which I didn't really like the idea of. But uh, the, these are things that happened. There were a lot of strange things going on. On the other hand, when you talk about areas like the Bermuda Triangle, you have huge amounts of air traffic and ship traffic. You're going to have higher incidents of accidents and things of this kind. Um, so so we, we look at that as well. And we try to eliminate all all possibilities for you know, the, the ubiquitously quoted natural explanation idea or logical explanation before we think anything paranormal is going on. But again, the paranormal is what? We believe it's it's really uh, undiscovered science. And um, magnetic anomalies, I think, have a lot to do with uh, with some of it. All right, my friend, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation, Paul Ina was our guest, and Paul with his son, Ben. They do a radio show each and every week on WOON 1240 in the Boston, Worcester, and uh, Providence market. Two websites, BehindTheParanormal.com and NewEnglandGhosts.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. 
Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. Don't forget, you can watch the X-Zone TV show on the X-Zone channel exclusively on Simul TV, along with 80 other great channels, 24-7, 365 movies, new, old, science fiction, and much more. That's at www.simultv.com. My guest this hour has been Paul Eno. And uh, two websites, once again, explanation, www.behindtheparanormal.com and www.newenglandghost.com. Like I said uh, off air, Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, continued success with both you and your son on your radio show. And, uh, you know, keep us in the loop on what's going on in the the world of the paranormal at your end. Sure. And thank you for your kind uh, welcome, Rob. And it's always good to be with you. And we'll certainly keep you in the loop. Super. Let me ask you this, my friend. I agree with everything you've said. I love the way your research is going. But what about well, the but what about the ghost community? You know, like they're into the oh, if you'll excuse <laughs> it, yeah, Paul, you have to excuse me, but my opinion is they're a little far out there and a little bit of woo-woo goes a long way when it comes to the sensationalism that they put into their craft. So what has been their feedback and their uh, their comments on the way that you and your son are thinking and the the proof and all the all the dots that you're connecting. Well, there is a, a lot of um, sort of misunderstanding. And we, we are well, look at the conferences that we're invited to speak at. Mm-hmm. Now, the one in Florida, I believe you were involved with that. Uh, the uh, Perry Unity conference yes. was one of the, one of the few actual paranormal conferences we've been invited to speak at. We're usually invited to come to UFO conferences. Now, I, maybe I'm unjust here, but it seems like the UFO community, as a rule, I mean, there are plenty of, you know, goofy people in that, too. Oh, sure. but there are a lot of people with, you know, such as, uh, you know, Stan Friedman, Peter yep. Robbins, who I believe is your next guest, yes. uh, who are head and shoulders above, intellectually speaking, the, the uh, people in the ghost community, with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, the ideas that... We, well, I, I live in Rhode Island, which is where the, 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 our, the people from the Ghost Hunters show was from. And that was very successful and whatever. And as I say, maybe we're wrong. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I place my bet on you uh, any day of the week. Well, thank you. As Mark Twain said, I can live six months on one good compliment. <laughs> but uh, the, the, these folks were, were a threat. Okay, because we disagree with just about everything that they use mm-hmm. to make a living. Pretty much, and we don't make a living at this. I'm still a working journalist. Uh, my son is an interior designer, uh, and this sort of thing. And everybody we work with has has other things, yeah. but but they tend to be uh, have PhDs, and you know, which isn't in itself. There are an awful lot of dummies with PhDs, but generally, it, it is an indication that you can think, okay. And that's something that is sorely lacking in in the pop paranormal culture. Um, we also warn people against using this as a hobby. It can be very dangerous psychologically, certainly spiritually, however you define that. And uh, it's just not a good idea. 
I remember one time, uh, if you want to hear any more about this. Oh, please. Uh, I was flown down. They flew me down to a conference in Florida for beginning ghost hunters, you know, against my better judgment. And uh, there, at one point, somebody said, Mr. You know, if you had one word to say to, to these folks, what would it be? I said, don't. <laughs> 230 people stared at me with their mouths open. And I said, you don't you have no idea what you, what you're touching. You don't yeah. understand it. Uh, I'm convinced this is not what you think it is. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera, much like the stuff we've discussed tonight. And um, but I said, you know, here we all are. So we might as well talk about it. So um, I don't know. It's just uh, I think it's 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 a bad idea. It's all wrong. And, uh, you know, maybe we're not right, but that's certainly wrong. It's And I must say, regarding Ed Lorraine Warren, I think I learned everything not to believe from them uh, as opposed to what to believe. So that so I tend to agree with you on that one. What is, the, in your opinion, the UFO-ghost-Bigfoot connection? Well, I think it's simply this idea of the multiverse. You know, uh, you have flap areas where people are seeing mm -hmm. all these things, right. and they may not necessarily be related to each other. In other words, Bigfoot may not be jumping in and out of the UFO, although people have said that that has happened. Uh, but I think the processes behind this, these phenomena uh, are the same. As in, as we said, overlaps, intersects, and overwashes. You're going to have different worlds with different laws of physics, different inhabitants. And I think this is crucial. Things that we're going to interpret from our own narrow paradigm. In other words, the whole UFO thing throughout history, or flying shields, or they must be crashed from other planets. And we don't know anything of the kind. Uh, there's, there's some evidence, I mean, depending on who you talk to, that, that, that some UFOs could be living things. Uh yeah, and th again, it's the first day of school, Rob. I think here, you know, but I think that it's uh, that's the connection is the uh, the multiverse, the overlapping of parallel realities, and this seems to be how creation and reality is organized. Well, it certainly makes we a just, lot of sense. We just kind of slow picking it up. Right. Your take on Bigfoot? You've seen one. Does well, I believe I okay. Yeah, not not through any choice. Right. I think we may be dealing, and, and our good friend Linda Godfrey agrees on this uh, with us, that we're dealing with multiversal creatures mm -hmm. in the sense that, um, and you know, you always talk to the natives. Yes. The indigenous peoples tend to have a good beat on what these things may be. And they may, they may couch it in terms that are, are different from what we would be used to, um, you know, baggage. But I think essentially you, you've got creatures who know how to come back and forth across the, the brains uh, of these parallel worlds, again, in order to perhaps eat. Uh, the Pennsylvania case is, is an open area, uh, maybe five, 10 acre woodlots with farm country in between. Where would a huge population that people are seeing come to, uh, come from and go to? Uh, they'd have to, would, uh, that's why we think the parallel world thing is, is uh, the most practical, scientific, and, and as real as it gets kind of scenario that you can have. And the natives call them what? They call them shapeshifters. You know, in the sense that they can come and go, and this this kind of thing. So I think Bigfoot uh, may be one of these. But there, there are all kinds of other cryptid, up, upright canine cryptids, as they're called, things of this kind, right. being seen in this Pennsylvania area. And I think the multiverse kind of explains the bulk of it. Is there a connection between the electromagnetic anomalies and the multiverse uh, phenomena that you were talking about earlier and old sacred sites, like, for example, Stonehenge? Oh, I think there very well would be. Uh, why would certain areas be considered sacred by the indigenous peoples? Maybe because things like this happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe they saw and felt things they considered to be supernatural beings. You know, uh, why would they have the belief systems they have if that were not the case? I'm thinking of the, uh, the uh, uh, Jefferson County squ a Square of Weirdness, as it's called, in Wisconsin, well, you have just one measly square mile. You've got Bigfoot, cryptids, UFOs, uh, things coming and going through holes in the sky and air. And, and it's, it's thousands of witnesses over the years have testified to this. Uh, and I think we may be, again, and, and of course, the, the anomalies there, are the, the uh, geographical and geological and uh, gravity anomalies are quite pronounced. And th this, I think, has uh, a lot to maybe to do with with this, and it was considered a sacred area by the natives there. I think there's a real connection. Tell me about your next book, Past, uh, let's see, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeist, Parasites, and Parallel Worlds. 
Okay, well, that's coming next uh, year from right. uh, Schiffer, if I get it done. Uh, the very first chapter is about, uh, which is very long, is about my exorcism experiences in working with a priest in a uh, hospital, the St. Lawrence State Hospital in upstate New York in the 70s when I was a seminary student. I had one seminary faculty that was, was sympathetic to this. Uh, and then uh, other things go into poltergeist cases. It, I, I must say it is rather dark as we deal with the parasites, the various species, mm -hmm. and a number of cases that, uh, including the one where I got rid of the, the thing with the choke book, um, that, that's a long story. So, uh, and, th and then we get into uh, various uh, other kind of time displacements, things of this kind, that I think people will find very interesting uh, from th the point of view that we presented tonight. Paul, I've got about a minute and a half left. What are your final words of wisdoms and your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, I don't know how much uh, wisdom there is, but uh, I would have to say uh, that just keep searching. Don't yeah. limit yourself. Look, as the cliche goes, outside the box. Uh, don't settle for old ideas when there could be re whole new ideas because you've got the whole multiverse idea. You've got the, the holographic universe scenario that I think is very much related. And uh, I would just say um, think outside the box. Don't be afraid to embrace new ideas. Uh, and, and just don't be, and don't be afraid to leave the old ideas behind or, or to build on them in a new way. My, my final question for you tonight, Paul, is where can serious students who want to learn about parapsychology learn more of how they can actively get involved and use science as their weapon when it comes to the research that needs to be desperately done in a professional manner? Where can they go? Well, barring the University of Edinburgh, which has a very decent parapsychology program, uh, I, I just I really couldn't answer that, Rob. This the, this field is in a terrible state. It's being uh, contaminated, if I may use that word, by uh, people we've talked about. You know, well-meaning hobbyists who don't know anything, uh, and then you've got uh, parapsychologists who strain and sweat to make it fit, fill, you know, fill the old right. and fit the old scientific paradigm, which doesn't work either. Um, I really have no answer to that. Just try and pursue it uh, with the best of your ability with, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say read my books because we could be wrong. Uh, but again, look at the new ideas. You never know when you're going to find something that, that, that clicks and that works. Well, let me tell our listeners to read your books because, uh, Paul, I love talking to you. I love the way that you think and the way that, that you investigate and you research and uh, there are more people that need to be like you out there in order to solve these anomalies that have been plaguing mankind since the beginning of history. So thank you very much for your great work, your books. And Exonation, if you'd like to get more information on Paul, his websites are BehindTheParanormal.com and NewEnglandGhost.com. And you can listen to Paul and Ben on their radio show, Behind the Paranormal, on WOON 1240 in Boston, Worcester, and Providence. Providence. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Rob. Take care of yourself, buddy. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. 
We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.